Welcome back to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. This episode includes my interview with Tammy. Tammy had two significant losses in her life within five years of each other. She shares about the importance of feeling the emotions of loss and that while grief is a part of you, it doesn't have to define you. Around the 30-minute mark, you'll hear that I lose my train of thought. After we were done recording, I shared with Tammy that I would edit that part out. She suggested I leave it in and acknowledge how grief can affect you and that her therapist told her when you are deep in the moment of something, you can lose your train of thought. That is exactly what happened to me, so I'm keeping it real and left that in. If you have another topic that you'd enjoy hearing on the podcast, please let me know. You can find my email and other details in the show notes. Thanks again for your continued support of the Daughters Without Moms podcast. And now, enjoy Tammy's story. I've had a couple weeks where I haven't had a daughter without a mom. I had a couple sons without mom sharing and then also did one on caregiver identity crisis. But today I have with me Tammy. Tammy and I met in the online coaching course that I talk about a lot that I did last fall. Um, that has been so awesome that I still have these relationships from something that I started last September. I have an accountability group that I still meet with every other week. Um, and so I posted a, a um, something in our shared Facebook group asking for daughters that would be willing to share their story. And Tammy graciously accepted the offer. Um, and so she has a, a story that I think we're all going to be very interested in hearing. So I'm going to turn the mic over to her and then um, once she's done sharing, we'll follow up with some questions and, um, and we're just going to let Tammy take it from here. You can introduce yourself a little bit, Tammy. And um, at the end, you can, when we're done debriefing, we'll tell people about all the things that you're doing and where they can find you. So thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much, Beth, for having me and allowing me to share the story. Um, I realize this is not a part of my story that I share a lot. And um, I lost my mom in 2007. I was um, almost 27 years old, and I I, I was married um, I was married without kids. I was in the military. I was in, in the Air Force, and so I didn't live near my mom. But my mom has always been a she's always been that lifeline that full of life. Um, if you're into the Enneagram, um, she I really believe she's an Enneagram seven. And so she's just fun and uh, which completely shaped who I am. Um, I grew up in the military. So my, my dad was in the military. And so my mom and my siblings were the, we were the only stable people in our lives. We moved every couple of years and I know it's hard to imagine, but that was before the internet, <laughs> before we had instant messenger and social media and all these ways of staying connected. Um, it's before cell phones. So it was landlines that you changed every time you moved. And so, and because as the military, we, everyone is moving around, you lose people and um, contact with people. And so my mom, um, she was just our constant. She made sure that we dove in and made friends and, and she would jump in and make sure that no matter where we were, like we had an experience. It was all about adventure. And, um, and that's, I learned a lot of go with the flow and take things as they happen um, from her. And in, um, and in 2007, when I lost her, she died from cancer and we're not quite sure which 
kind of cancer she had by the time they found it, it was, um, had taken over so much that they were not able to discern. Um, and which, you know, it's, that really doesn't matter. Cancer is cancer. It's one of those things. It's, it's a hard blow though, cause it's hard with closure at that point, if you don't know why, and you, there's always that fear of, well, if I don't know, then I don't know how to prepare. But again, my mom taught me that you go with the flow, you go with things, they happen as they happen. And I will say, I didn't handle the, the sickness of my mom. Um, I was about 12 hours away. I lived in Wichita Falls with my husband and him and I, we would drive back every chance, every leave chance we got, cause he was also in the military. He was a, um, he was a fighter pilot. And so we would go back and we'd visit her and I could see the decline. And at this point, emotions. And I mean, I grew up military. I was in the military and um, emotions are hard emotions. And especially when you are, you're grappling with what is about to happen. You know that death is coming and you don't know, you don't know how to handle it. And so I did not handle it well. I, um, I got the news that my mom died and called my boss took emergency leave and my husband and I went to, um, went home to her funeral and we were there for a couple of days just to help my dad. And then I went home and the very next day I went back to work. And so, and my husband was like, are you going to take some time off? If this is your mom, like, and he knows how close my mom and I were. And I was like, no, I'd rather just keep going. Let's just, you know, like, I can't deal with this right now. And that kind of, I stuffed it down for years. And then it got to the point where I couldn't stuff it down anymore. And really what happened was in 2012, my husband deployed. At this time I had, um, we had two kids, a two and four year old. Um, I actually got pregnant soon after my mom passed, which was a whole nother experience. And being a mom without a mom, it's like that whole, all the things that you need to know and all those worries, having a mom just to say, don't worry. Oh, you know, like back in the day, we didn't even care about that kind of stuff, you know, and she, she was going to be like her whole life mission was to be a grandma and I was the oldest. So she didn't have any grandkids and a funny story. I remember when I was probably like 12. So, and we would actually negotiate how many kids I was going to have because she would start with like, I, you know, 30 grandkids and I'm like one grandkid, <laughs> like I'm smart enough to know I'm not having 30 kids. And so we would work out to some like random, like 17 kids or something, you know, like, and she was just like, okay, that's a verbal contract. And <laughs> like, just, it was just so funny. Like she just was, she was such a, a big life. Well, when she died, I kind of just stuffed that down. And of course, when I had kids, I, I really felt her, her absence. And my sister came to visit and, um, and she was, she just got pregnant with her first as well. So we talked about this feeling of being a mom without a mom and how it could really, it really affected the whole experience, but still. You know, like you push through, you just go for it. And I, I, at that point, you know, I got out of the Air Force after I had my son. And then 2012 with my husband deploying. And two weeks after he deployed, I got the knock on the door that he was killed in action. 
at this point, I had a two and four year old and my life was completely turned upside down. It was completely, complete blindside. It was not one that, you know, when a pilot steps into the jet, whether it's at home or away, training or a mission, it's all life or death. Like it is, but they are so good at what they do. But that at that moment, I couldn't hide. I couldn't hide from grief. And I had two and four year olds who was like, mommy, I'm hungry <laughs> as I'm trying to figure out how to breathe. And with all that, the one person I wanted was my mom. And with that is the one person I couldn't have. And then dealing with my mom, I wanted my husband and I couldn't have him either. And that's when my grief journey truly started. That is when I went from stuffing it down to this is who I am. This is changing my life and allowing it to really shape me into who I am today. And so what I wanted to share with you is that even, I mean, it was five years, four years, whatever, 2007 to 2012, whatever the math is. And I was able to stuff down my grief for a while and I looked like I was fine with it. Uh, most people, when I would tell them that, oh, my mom passed away, it, you know, it's like, oh, oh, you're doing great. And I'm like, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. But when my husband died, I realized that I wasn't doing great with either. And at that moment, though, I also felt God very much with me in that moment, very much. And he told me, like, in, not inaudible, but it's one of those, like, this is going to be hard. It's good. This is going to really hurt, but you're going to get through this and that it's going to be used for good. And so that, and that's when I started, I, I got, I went to a grief counselor who was terrible, who, um, she just all the wrong things. And I finally asked her, I'm like, have you ever lost anybody? And she's like, well, I lost my grandma. And I'm like, which I've lost my grandma as well. I, um, so I don't take that lightly, but there's something different from losing a grandma and losing a mom and losing a husband. And it's not the same. It's not the same kind of loss. And it's not the same as having someone who is so close to you that they're part of your soul. And so that is, that was, I'm like, okay, now, now what do I do? And that's when I started on my grief journey. I actually decided that, well, this is not how people should be treated in grief. And so I went and got a, uh, my, my license, my, went on the, th the process to get a license in marriage family therapy. I went and got my degree and um, became a marriage family therapist. And I realized that even in that program, they do not handle grief well. Uh, my supervisors would actually s would tell me, oh, I don't do grief work. I'll send them your way if we, when we get um, clients and, and they did. And even during my, my program, the two weeks we had on grief, it was, I was like, that's not right. That's not right. And so we actually had an open discussion with my cohort 
and um and realize that as a society we don't do grief well it's we stuff it down because we don't want to make everyone else around us uncomfortable and i'm tired of that like that's not that's not healthy that's not helpful um, I wish that we had more traditions and different things surrounding grief. And that's one of the things that we do in my family. I mean, now my, my son is 13, my daughter's 11, and we celebrate Heaven's Day, which is the day my husband died. Um, on the day that Heaven's Day, that day that my mom died, we also just take a moment and that's more, my kids never met her, so it's not the same to them, but they know that it means a lot to me. And so we have rituals. We do all the things that we need to do to help us not only mourn, but it's also celebrate life. Because grief is really, truly evidence that you loved. And the, the more you grieve, the more the, and the deeper that you loved. And that right there is like, why would you want to hide that? It makes it like you it doesn't exist i loved my mom i missed her deeply i still do and by not acknowledging that it was not acknowledging our whole relationship and so that's that is one of the things that is um, important to me and as you know i'm a i'm a restoration and confidence coach and so i've, I've gotten out of therapy and simply because i i love working and helping people move forward I love helping them on their their grief journey. When you're out of the the grief, the active grief where it's just raw and pain, where it's everyone's kind of okay with that portion. You know, they expect you to have that. What they don't realize is that could last for a days, it could last for years. But then it's like, how do you grieve after that? how do you restore your spirit and how do you allow that grief to really shape who you are and what you're what you're called to do and so that's what i i love working with women and i love that's one of the things that i've done for myself is my grief is part of my story but it's not my whole story it definitely shaped me and when i finally allowed myself to understand what what beauty there is in grief and realize that how much more of a love for life that I have because that I because I loved and I lost. I feel like that's really when life starts. That's when you really embrace and you don't have to worry about what other people think and really realize that if you grieve, you're also allowing the people around you who are not there yet to grieve with you, to grieve as well and learn that it's okay and they don't have to stuff their feelings down either. And so that's that's my story. That's my and I'm still every day I you know it's it's all waves, waves over and that kind of crash and um but yeah, that that's my story of my mom. I I miss her terribly, but I'm so thankful that I loved her and that she was in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is by, I think it's by Susan David, and I use her look, book a lot, um, is grief is love looking for a home. And you said that exactly right. Like, you know, the deeper your grief, it means the deeper the love that you had with that person. Absolutely. Um, which is such a blessing, you know, and you're right. We shouldn't forget that. And we shouldn't try to stuff it down. Um, I love about your traditions. I spoke to another woman who's also um, in the grief work. Christine talked about, you know, we have um, 
wedding celebrations and birth celebrations and all these traditions and things that we do about that. But grief is just, and, and, uh, you know, the loss is just like, and then done. That's and that's right. Yeah. And be no, over it. Yeah. No traditions and no rituals, um, about that. And you're right. Like you're, you're mourning, but you're also celebrating the life on those heavens day. I love that. I love that idea. Um, yeah. Well, well, with kids too, it's with their grief is so different than adult grief and they are going to carry that their whole life. They'll, I mean, my at two and four, and now they're 11 and 13, they've never known a life without grief. Mm-hmm. And so the more, and it, and our heaven's days are not as intense as they used to be. And sometimes they're, you know, a lot more happy, but sometimes like they just want to cry too. And it's, it gives them that permission and that space and the place where no, we can acknowledge that this that your dad lived, and we can acknowledge that you miss him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that there's no timeline on that, mm-hmm. like you said, the the waves with the ebbs and the flows. But you know, one of the things. So I you you told me before we started recording that you know it was really after your husband passed that you went back and acknowledged the grief <laughs> yeah. of losing your mom, and I did the same thing when I, my sister um, passed in January of 2020, I went back to mom because mom was 38 years ago. And one of the things they say is that you can't teach from a wound, but you can teach from a scar. Absolutely. And so my, my mom was a scar and um, I still haven't dealt with my sister <laughs> or my dad, but all of this work is helping me, you know, take two steps forward and one step back. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes heaven's day can be on a random Tuesday. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Out of nowhere. I will tell you, like with my, my daughter has my mom's eyes and my mom's soul, like my daughter and and people who know my mom and know my daughter, they're like, you, good luck with that. (laughs) Like, Like it is so, and so there's things that she does that I can just see my mom's face in her and some of the comments. And it's just like, I see what you did there. Yeah. Thanks God. Thanks mom. You know, and Mm -hmm. it's just like, I'm sure that my mom was like, yeah, that's the one for her. (laughs) Like, so I, it's, it's such a beautiful thing and you're right. Like a random Tuesday, a random Thursday. Um, and as, I mean, with my, with my son too, it was, I mean, it's, it's been nine years. My son was running and his hair flopped like my husband's used to flop. And it like took me right back to high school. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, it's, it, but it's not as sad anymore. It's not as, it doesn't push me down as much as it used to. It's more of a happiness. Like, yeah, like he was a part of our life and he still is. Mm-hmm. And she, my mom is very much a part of our life still. Um, because yeah, some of the habits my mom had that I did not, that were frustrating, my daughter has too. So <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, they say that thing about karma coming back and <laughs> right <laughs> coming back and being right in your face. Um well, and one of the things I've learned too, and um, I want to ask you about this with your journey with your husband's loss, with losing your husband, which I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for both. And you're so right Thank that you. right when you needed the other one, you know, like the two yeah. people that you would you would count on. Um, and it's so lonely. It's so lonely it is. Um, in those spots. But the one thing I've learned is that, that I, I feel like we're brought up to um, feel like we can only have one emotion at a time that either I am sad or I am happy or, and it can't be. And sometimes like when you looked at your son and saw your husband's flopping hair, don't you feel both of those at the same, at the exact same time? 
So I had a realization a few years ago. I went to I went to Disney World, and I know that ever you know the the movie Inside Out is such a great movie, yes. and that is one I use with my kids a lot about emotions and and memories and things. And we stood in line to go and um, meet the characters of Inside Out, and there was it was two lines, but it was joy and it was sadness, and they were next to each other. And so I actually, I asked them, I was like, can, because later, earlier that day, my son, who was at the time, I mean, he was probably seven or eight at the time. And he's like, mom, he's like, how can I be so happy and so sad at the same time? And I'm like, it's because you love, because you lost, because you live. That's, and, um, and so I actually have a picture of myself. I asked them and they were like, oh, you know, I was like, so I asked a few people around be like, do you mind? I just really, I really want to get a picture with joy and sadness together. And so we were holding hands and it's one of my favorite pictures. It's on my website because it just, it captures that it's sadness and, ha and joy are best friends. You can't have one without the other. Right. And one of my other favorite uh, quotes is from Brene Brown that says, you can't numb one emotion, emotion without numbing the other. Absolutely. So when you're stuffing and numbing your grief, it directly affects the height of the joy absolutely. that you experience, right? Oh, 100%. Right? You're absolutely yeah. right. And I, and especially with motherhood, you felt that you're, you've got your little one and it's such a blessing, but you're right. Like, But because I was working so hard to keep that sadness at bay, I was also topping out and limiting the happiness I could feel. You're absolutely right. Right. So because you, you had the history of your mom, even though you feel like you hadn't really acknowledged it yet. Um, like the fact that you're, you're, you're saying that, I mean, it has been, your husband was in 2012. So it's been nine years, nine years, mm -hmm. um, that you said that it's not, you know, it doesn't you feel the sadness, but it doesn't bring you down as low every time. I'm sure Absolutely. there are times when it does um, because of that ebb and flow. But do you feel like um, that perhaps the work of going back and like acknowledging your mom's journey and all of that stuff has allowed you for seven years, you stuffed your mom down and, and probably weren't able to um, recognize things with that same sort of mindset of, you know, oh, wow, this is reminding me of mom and, and that's a good thing. Um, that has that i'm assuming that that has had effect an effect on how you've processed your husband's loss absolutely absolutely it allowed hit because it was so consuming at times i had nothing to do but to sit in it to to really acknowledge and then all of a sudden all the emotions from my mom would come back as well things that were there that i just kept stuffing down but i didn't have the energy to stuff them down anymore i didn't have that capacity and i also i the connection i had with um, with god at that time just the the closeness and I knew that he was protecting me through it all, but allowing me to feel everything. And, and I believe that that's part of why I do what I do now is because now it's like, okay, like I've been through that. I've been through hell. Like it is, and, and I, the shadow, the valley of death, and I survived. Mm -hmm. And so now that's, but it's always a part of me. Mm -hmm. And what a testimony that is that you can say that you just felt God with you very much 
during that time. Like what a testimony that is and what a blessing that is um, because I lost my mom. And I mean, you were talking about your husband's loss at that time, but when I lost my mom, I felt like I was being punished and I had no idea where God was in that picture, you know, because you're near 13 and you pray for yeah. your mom to, to heal, to be healed. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen. You feel like you're being punished. Right. And then, like you said about oh. that, that the, you had the horrible grief counselor and that even when you went through your therapy, that they don't really do a good job of it um, because then people say all these things and, you know, well, God has a plan and everything <laughs> happens for a reason. Well, then yeah. why am I being punished? What did right. I do to deserve this? Yeah. Um, it just minimizes the the um, severity of the grief for the, the receiving end of that. So I did a whole podcast on platitudes <laughs> very early on in the beginning because I don't think it's intentional. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. is saying these things with the with no. the um, desire to make anybody feel bad. But when right. you're deep in that valley that you just mentioned, it's like a right. knife cutting through you. It so. is. Well, and it's so hard because when you are going through that, the one question you want answered, but the one question you can't have answered is why. And in, um, you know, and it's why me? And the response is, why not you? Like, it's it's because you're here and because you loved and because I need you, you know? And, and so you, you walk with those and, but yeah, it's kind of, it's cruel. The one question that you need answered is the one that you don't get and you may never have it, Mm -hmm. but you learn that that's not the right question. It's, you know, it's like, what now and how do I do this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To me, the most important part is first of all, sharing our stories because, you know, if just one person feels less alone, then hallelujah. And second of all, the, the, the sitting with the emotions, like you said, that you had nothing, you, you could do nothing else, but to sit with the emotion and acknowledge it. That's, it's really, really hard work in the moment, but the stuffing it down for seven years and then having it come out in every seep out through those cracks, because we all have cracks, nobody's perfect through the years and years and years of your life. Like that's more, that's more, that's like a slow death slow steady it eats at you it's it just and it works you have to work harder and harder to keep it down because there are so many i mean life is all about emotions as much as i would like to not deal with a lot of them and be able to just you know sail through no life is about emotions and feeling and experiencing and you do dampen those experiences when you're stuffing your emotions Mm -hmm. and you know on the in the same hand with that is not everybody deserves to hear your story either. Like, you know, hopefully you have people in your life that you trust that can just listen and be with you and not try to fix. That's one I I just finished reading Megan, Megan Devine's book. It's okay that you're not okay. Mm -hmm. And it never really dawned on me that, you know, part of our problem with these horrible grief counselors and stuff is because people treat grief as a problem to fix. It's not a problem that's going to be fixed. They're not coming back. Like you said, your whole identity changes with a significant loss like that. Like Mm -hmm. grandmother at 95 is, you know, different. Of course. Significant, you know, uh, loss to your, your immediate, you know, unit of people is um, you're not the same. People are like, you'll be back to normal soon. No, I won't because that normal is no longer available. Well, and that's, and that's, what's hard is because people, because, and they they do it out of love out of they don't want you hurt but they do want you back and that's the hard part is um 
just a comment my dad made, which it, I don't think he realized how much it hurt me. It was, um, it was within the first year of my husband's death and I was going to my cousin's wedding and I couldn't go to the wedding. I could not walk in. I went to the reception and he's like, Tammy, it's not about you all the time. And at this, you know, and it's like, uh, to me, that's like, okay, he's, he cannot handle any more of my grief. Like he cannot handle. Um, and I know that also he doesn't deal with emotions. Well, I mean, he lost my mom when I lost my mom, he lost his wife and his life partner. And so, um, and we've grieved in different ways, but that's kind of how I feel. There's several people in my life who, I mean, they just want the old Tammy back and I'm sorry. I like the new Tammy. I, I like who I am now. I like the compassion and the empathy and the life that I've experienced. And I stopped playing that. Well, if your husband was here game, like what, or your mom was here game, it's like, well, they can't be. And so that's not a, that's not a, even a fair game to play, but what it is, it's now that I've experienced the loss of two incredibly important people to me, then I can't ever go back to what it was like before that. Right. And I don't want to. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why they say grief changes your address book because it's, <laughs> and it does, it really does. I like that. I hadn't heard that before. I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, one of the things that, you know, I, so I recently um, interviewed our retired police chief here in our, our little um, borough. He, he lost his wife to ALS and he had been in the military, had been in police for over 30 years. Like you were saying, like kind of had the background and, and, you know, perhaps a little bit more training to deal with that kind of stuff than just your average Joe citizen, you know, that hasn't had that kind of exposure. And he thought that he was losing his mind. He was experiencing overwhelming grief, but literally thought he was losing his mind because he would come home after work and call her name out when he walked in the door. Um, and so I appreciate you, you know, um, acknowledging too with your military background stuff that that emotions are hard and that um, that you just you knew the death was coming, but you just didn't know how to handle it. And I think I think you know the more that we say that and the more we normalize it, like you know, it is okay, and there is no right way to grieve and there's no right way to um, process and there's no right way um, to be prepared. I don't, you know, mm -hmm. I, and I don't think like my, my sister battled cancer for almost 10 years and my niece that's here, we were taught like, we still weren't ready. It's not like we were ready. No. We no. knew that she had stage four metastatic, right. you know, cancer and that she battled, you know, how oh, I hate that too. She, yeah she did the course and did everything that she could do to stay alive. I often say that if the will to live could keep somebody alive, she would still be here. Her body yeah. was just depleted. Um, but, um, oh shoot, I forgot where I was going with that. Well, it's just, you can't, you're not going, you can't start the grieving process until the person dies. Like right. you're, you're not ready. Well, you're never ready. It's like you said, you can't prepare yourself because you don't know how it's going to be. And even you know, after I lost my mom, I, I, a few years later, I lost my grandma and watching her through cancer and my mom through cancer was a very different experience. But even that, like, even though I knew what was coming, yeah. it still wasn't it still wasn't what I, you know, what I was preparing for, you know, it's, it, everything hits you 
and and I hate the comments of, well, at least you had, you know, so many years with him because we, we dated since high school. My mom, you know, like, yeah, I was 27 and I am so thankful that I had those 27 years, but I would have liked 27 more. Right. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. yep. so I can't imagine at 13, just mm-hmm. for your loss of your mom, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm so grateful that you're having the space and that you've given people the the opportunity to share because yeah we're we all experience death and it's and i think we are changing the culture trying to anyway at least and maybe not for the people who haven't experienced grief yet but at least as we broaden our scope and as people embrace the grief and we're slowly changing things and i think it's so important yeah i think so too i think so too so tell people about you. So you said you're not necess- not necessarily in the therapist realm anymore, but that you are a restoration and confidence coach. Tell yes. people where about that and where they can find you. Yes. So I um, I loved doing therapy, but I realized that it's I, I like to move forward. I like to help people get where they are and push forward to what is to come. I like I. I love helping people like identify their fears and understand how the circumstances of life, how it can change you, but how there's purpose in there and how there's identity. You don't have to lose your identity when you go through really hard things. In fact, you can reshape your identity. Mm-hmm. And so that is what I, that's why I call myself a restoration and confidence coach, because it's its all about rebuilding your spirit. And, um, and I'm an Enneagram coach. So I talk about Enneagram often because I think that that is understanding your fears again is when I understood my fears, I understood how I was grieving and what I was, what I lost. And then I was able to shape and be like, okay, now I can know how to talk to myself. And now I know where to put effort into. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, my website is uh, TammyMarieCoaching.com and that's T-A-M-I. Um, I also have a podcast, it's called Her Restored Spirit. And um, you can find me, Tammy Marie Coaching on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. And I will put links to all of this in okay. the show notes so that everybody Perfect. will have access to it wherever you are finding this podcast. All of that information will be in yes. the notes. So. Thank you. And yeah, I, I appreciate that so much. Mm-hmm. I love I love the word restoration. That's really, really, really good. I've still been trying to figure out, like, I don't want to be a counselor either. Like I've thought about advocate, grief advocate or grief um, coach, but it's, 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 I haven't, been able to put my finger on it yet. So I love that word that you chose and restoration is really, really um, makes sense. Makes Thank sense you. to the work. I think that so you're doing. too, because we don't need to we don't need to go back to the way things were. Like yeah. let's restore and because even when you restore a painting, restore a building, like it it still has that new layer of beauty on it. So that's so I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. And after 2020, everybody had some sort of loss, whether it was a yes. graduation or a wedding or Absolutely. you know, there was so much loss in 2020. So there's so much restoration that's needed out there. So if anybody's <laughs> listening to this, you know, make sure you reach out to Tammy, get connected with her. Um, because it is, and loss can be other things. It doesn't absolutely not necessarily just, you know, a a physical life, but right. It could be a job. It could be a house. It could be a loss of your identity. Sometimes even in motherhood, you, you lose that sometimes and you have to fight to get it back and realize that it's a benefit for everybody to have you back. Mm -hmm. And so I work with a lot of moms who are just trying to figure out like, 
what now? Um, I, I work with a lot of people who've gone through some incredibly tough circumstances and are tired of allowing it to control them. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's such a beautiful thing to get to walk with people. Isn't it? I say, I always it's say, amazing. when I get to hear these stories, I always say it's a privilege to Absolutely. be on the receiving end of this, of the story. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Tammy. I'll put all the information in the show notes, um, the podcast and and your Instagram and website and Facebook. And well, before we go too, I also need to know, I, I asked you to have a little something to share, to share with everyone as we're closing. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and my tidbit that I wanted to share is just like, allow yourself to really sit in your grief. It is, it is painful, it is ugly, you ugly cry, you ugly laugh, like there's so many emotions and it, it physically wears you out. So sit in it for a short while. So, and then when you're, you know, just sit in it, allow it to consume you, allow it to shape you and change you, and then get up and be, and realize mm-hmm. that you are alive for a reason. And use that, use what you've learned, use your new identity, learn that compassion, everything that that grief has done to you, you can use it for good. Even if it is just walking with someone else who's just going through it. It's, it's not something that should be hidden. Um, That new identity, claim it. And, um, and know that you're put on this earth for a reason. So go and do it. You have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. That's great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah. So did you have, I'm sorry, you started to ask me something else. Oh, I was just going to ask what, is there anything I can do for you? Is there any, any other information or what I can do to help you on your journey? Well, no, I mean, I might just keep you as a resource. There was a lady that was in that cohort with us. that was like teacher in her pocket. (laughs) You might be my resource in my pocket um, because you and I definitely are speaking a lot of the same language. So I always love to learn. So we will definitely stay in touch. Okay. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tammy. I really appreciate it. If you'd like more information on my thoughts about the grief journey, please visit my website, yourgriefjourney.com. If you'd be interested in being interviewed for a podcast, please send me an email to daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com.